We're here with Remy Matthews, of course, Bolton Wanderers goalkeeper. He arrived from Norwich in the 2018-19 season, going on to make 127 first-team appearances for the Whites, 105 of those coming in league games as well. Uh, thanks for joining us, Remy. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. It's lovely to have you on. Um, how have you enjoyed your time um, at the club and also, obviously, in the local area of Bolton? Yeah, look, obviously when I joined, um, it was a good step for me to come in and, and play championship football. Um, it's obviously been a lot of ups and downs at the time and most people will be aware of that. But I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't enjoy my time because, uh, like I said, I've, I've played I've played a good amount of games. I've met met some new people and, and I've learned some things coming, a, coming across the line. So, no, definitely enjoyed my time. Um, obviously, it didn't go as, as well as planned, but it's one of them where you've got to take the positives from the negatives and that's what I've done I suppose that's what that's the best way of looking at it uh, you've got to take those positives um, in your stay at the club you were uh, served under both Phil Parkinson and of course last season uh, Keith Hill um, for you what were the main differences between the two managers in terms of the, the style and their attitudes um, obviously Phil Parkinson uh, done well previously before I'd got got to the club um, he's done well through through the ranks of Bradford and, and the clubs he was at um, but completely different as managers I've come across a few managers that have been been um, completely different and them two are the same obviously Phil Parkinson was pretty laid back and, and sort of allowed his his um, assistant and probably goalkeeping coach to an extent to, to do most things but he he always had a good presence and and, and not good knowledge and, and the way of doing stuff and then Obviously, the, the previous manager just gone was was a lot more, uh, I'd say, active uh, and wanted to get involved a lot. Um, he wanted his way, and, and to be fair, he was he was, he was um, I don't know, it, it was it was enjoyable to work under. Obviously, again, it didn't go as planned, but I think whoever come in was was going to struggle um, because it was such a big. Um, task and being obviously on minus 12 points it, it was always going to be a, uh, a struggle but fair play to, to both managers I, I enjoy playing under both of them um, and yeah I wish I wish them all the best uh, Enjoying playing under both any preference between the two any that suited your start, playing style a little bit uh, better maybe or training preferences um, Obviously as a keeper it's different because we're sort of singled out with our goalkeeping coach so I've obviously had Lee Butler and, and Mike Pollitt so who were both great goalkeeping coaches so it was hard for me to sort of say uh, who I'd prefer or, or, or what way I'd like to go because they were so different How important is it that link between the manager and the players or the head coach and the players um, can it be difficult to get on board with a system or an ideology if you've not seen eye to eye with a manager in the past or have you seen that from observing other players maybe? Uh, yeah, of course. Obviously, people say you play for the manager, you know. Um, and I guess if you fall out with the manager, do you really want to play? I don't know. It's obviously up to you. Um, it's your career at the end of the day. So, but again, touch wood. Through my career, I've never had that sort of, um, or I've never been in that position to sort of not see eye to eye with with, with every manager. So, I couldn't really ask answer that question. That's fair enough, and I suppose that's that's good in a way. You don't want to see, uh, you don't want to be in that position, so it's it's good that you've not found yourself in it. Um, I've what I've noticed through when, especially when players speak later on down the line, um, 
it can often seem on the surface that players' opinions and managers can often be tied whether you're getting picked week in, week out or not. Do you think that's kind of a fair assessment from the outside? Yeah, of course. Obviously, if you're not getting picked or if the manager don't think you're good enough, straight away you're going to hold a grudge against them. Do you know, it's it's one of them because at the end of the day, you want to play football. And if you're not, that's sort of stuttering your career. Um, so, yeah, I've come across a few players who the manager will be unbelievable when they're playing. And then when they're out of the team, they're, they're the worst manager ever. And that's just football. That's, that's how it is. And that's the way it will always be. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair to say, and I think um, I, I look at Phil Parkinson maybe as an example because I've spoken to. Obviously, we spoke to David Weeter on the Talking Trotters podcast, and um, he was he's always been quite positive about Phil Parkinson. But then I've seen a couple of other players that weren't maybe so favourable on him. But when you look at it, it, it tended to be well. Weeks was in the team pretty much every week, and the other players weren't. And obviously, often. To fans, I suppose, it does seem as though that is quite a big part of it. But like you say, it, it is just football. Um, your stay as well over the club has probably been over one of the most interesting times in the in the club's history. No doubt the most hair-raising time for anybody really connected with the club. What was it like being part of that squad and that group of players as the Ken Anderson era kind of came to an end? Um, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. The club kind of teetered on the edge of a cliff for a while. Of course, as we know, we're, we're still here, we're still going, and uh, we're still a club. And it looks as though we, we are financially um, at least stable at this moment in time. But what was, what's it like to be in a, a dressing room when there is so much uncertainty? It was crazy, to be honest, mate. Um, obviously, joining from Norwich, a, a, a good-sized club, to then to Bolton, who who, who are even a, a good-sized club as well. Um, so... Obviously, joining at the start, it was a great, great achievement for me, um, and and things things were working out. And then, obviously, with with what happened with Ken Anderson, and and obviously everyone's each to their own with their with their opinion on him, and and uh, he sort of put the players in a position that it was a struggle. Of course, not getting paid and having to play games and stuff like that. At the end of the day, who goes to work and don't get paid? No matter what what job you're in, at the end of the day, if you're not getting paid, you're not going to go to work, That's even right. though. We did. We we still stuck in. We still played the games. We still trained and stuff like that. So it was definitely a tough, tough position. But what one thing I would say is we had a great bunch of players. We had no yeah. one who was who was um, had an ego, who had different sort of opinions, and, and we all stuck together. You know, uh, again, there was always going to be one or two that would say, "Look, I'm not interested. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not training. Blah blah blah." But some people have got come to the end of their career where they can they can do that you know um, there's no point burning bridges in football and that was always the massive thing is, is no matter how hard it was off the field you had to still go on the field and try and give it your all because at the end of the day like I said earlier it's, it's your career and and at the end of, at the, end of the day that's, that's what it comes down to and one thing well, that I've learned as well Remy was how supportive all the senior players were of the the younger players Definitely, mate. Obviously, we come in, um, the young lads were struggling, so the older lads sort of took them under their wing and said, look, if you need a hand, if you need, uh, for, for instance, I don't know, not even money, I don't, if you needed picking up or if you needed boots, needed gloves, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, no, definitely the, the squad was the squad was, um, was probably one of the best ones you could have got in that situation, definitely. Yeah, of course it did. You know, it did eventually kind of come to a point, and um, the squad did 
go on strike. How hard is it to make a decision like that? Because, you know, from what you're saying, it's certainly not what you want to be doing, but you does come to a point where, like you said, something has to be done, a point has to be made, and, you know, the, the youngsters especially were, were struggling, and we heard the reports of that at the time. Um, it, it, it caused maybe a, a little bit of controversy um, with the fan base, but, you know, realistically looking at the situation, it didn't seem like... It seemed like you'd run out of time, really, to... N- you know, not do anything about it. Um, but how difficult is it to kind of come to that conclusion? Well, like everyone, you can only take so much. Um, and a lot of people from the outside looked at it as, it, as is we was going on strike because because of us. Whereas we were sort of going on strike because of everyone else around us, the club, the fans, the, the young lads. Because at the end of the day, if we just allowed it to carry on, the club could have not been like, existed now. You know, if if obviously when we did go on strike, it sort of probably give him a little kick up the bum or whatever it was at the time and um, yeah, now I'm saying we should have gone on strike or shouldn't have gone on strike because no one's ever going to gonna know that answer but at the time it was it was a decision we all made as a, as a team and I think we had all had enough that was getting treated in the wrong in the wrong manner so and no I think the fact it was no, you're right, and I think the fact that it was a unanimous thing and that the club, that the squad did come out as such a solid, um, you know, as a solid display, did kind of drive home that point that this isn't a selfish thing. This isn't because we necessarily aren't getting paid. That it was a bigger issue, and it because it, it was a bigger issue than just, um, you know, the, the playing staff getting paid. It was a bigger issue within the club, and like you said, we were in a, a, a very dangerous position. Um, what did it What did it feel like when you knew that the club was actually safe and the takeover had gone through? Oh, it was a relief because obviously weeks, months beforehand, it was like, right, it's done tomorrow. It's done tomorrow, and we was yeah. would come in the next day, and it would be lads. Sorry, it's going to be done the next day, and it was just it was relentless. It was um, it was one where sometimes you'd go into training thinking, right, what's going to get said today? Well, are we going to find out anything? Are we going to get paid? Uh, are we playing on the weekend? And it was hard to get it was hard to get prepared for it, you know, because one time we wasn't playing, and then an hour later we was, and then vice versa. So it was it was probably one of the, the best feelings we had as a, as a as a team and and as players because we knew that the club was obviously taken under a lot better. Um, management and ownership um, who again have got the club at heart and you've seen that this season with, with the way they've, they've done things yeah, and the, the Football Ventures team when they came in they um, did seem to well they they, said, they stated that they tried to get uh, Phil Parkinson to stay as, as manager of Bolton Wanderers obviously from the sidelines during those games before the takeover Parkinson was the boss but he, he looked like he was maybe taking a, a back seat a little to David Lee and Jimmy Phillips maybe because of just you know they'd had a lot done a lot of work with the younger players um, but as a squad did it seem as though maybe um, he was on his way out before the takeover was completed um, no not so much Phil was Phil was a good manager he obviously gave me my opportunity and brought me in and, yeah. and, and gave me my championship debut um, the problem was is he didn't want to go against the players and the players didn't want to go against him. So obviously we're, we work to an extent, we work for him and, and he's the boss. So yeah. um, it, it was a hard, hard position for everyone, especially the manager, because the manager would obviously 
find out stuff from higher up. He'd come and feed it to us because obviously we needed to know. And then all of a sudden it would be completely different. So, and that was that wasn't that wasn't his fault. That was just purely because the situation that Ken put him in or Ken put us in. Um, but I, one thing I've got to say is he dealt with the situation unbelievably because for any manager Without to have gone through what he had to go was not, not many people saw it. But obviously at the training ground and inside the, the actual um, environment, it was it was tough. And, I, and all right, we we felt bad for us as players, but. For, for the manager and for the staff who weren't getting paid as well by the way um, it was horrible yeah and I always felt that through that situation um, publicly especially given how difficult everything must have been it seemed to me that he was dedicated and professional and dignified throughout the entire saga when it would have been very easy for, to just walk away or say I've had enough of this um, but he didn't do that and he stayed until he knew that the club was in a position where it could then go forward and then he made a clean break. And I don't think that many people um, no, no, thought less it, of him for that. Yeah, but no, not many people saw that. You know, it's one where a couple of people come out and say, oh, he's jumped ship, he's blah, blah. But it wasn't that at all. It was it was one where us as players were sitting in the changing room going, I can't believe he's still turned up. can't believe yeah. he's still here when, when he probably had potential to go somewhere else. Obviously, with his... With his um, Record at Bolton, the previous clubs. He's he's obviously been been known as being a good manager. So it was one where um, he definitely showed how professional he was as a manager, and and I can I, I can't speak any highly of him. I, I, there's not a bad word I can say. To him. Yeah. So obviously, Remy, uh, football ventures coming. Uh, what was your take on the philosophy for the club in the future? get some owners to come in um, Sharon come and spoke to us on well before she took over the club she it, it was a time when we was debating whether the senior players were going to play um, she come and met us in in hotel at the time spoke magnificently um, but again at the time it wasn't done so the lads didn't know what to think what to believe but the way she spoke give us that sort of impression to go you know what right we're going to play we're going to give her a chance and and obviously, months on there, she was the owner of the football club. Um, and the way they've gone, they've obviously steadied the ship. They've probably come across a few things they didn't realise at the time. But obviously, they've dealt with it and, and they've not made a big deal of it. And, and that's that's the main thing. And and whatever happens with me and, and moving forward, whether I stay, whether I go, I wish the football club and I wish them all the best. And I'd love to see them obviously get back to where they should be. Going back to the start of that season, psychologically... How tough is it when you, you look at the league table before a ball's even kicked and you know you're already four wins behind and you're facing the start of the season with, you know, not really having a senior squad? I mean, you were one of the very few senior players that were still left at the club. Especially me being in the position I was in. Um, say, for instance, if you're playing midfield strike, you can sort of get, get away with, not hiding to an extent, but if we lost 5-0 it wouldn't have been his fault it wouldn't have been the shortest yeah. fault do you know what I mean so when you're a goalkeeper always... any mistakes you make just yeah, you know they exactly. seem so um, so much bigger and, yeah and like I said like most people have seen I've been big enough strong enough to be able to take the, the criticism if it meant taking it off the young lads then so be it you know I'm, I've been in the game long enough to know that people are naive people are fickle a lot of people forget about the good things and then all of a sudden they either hate you and then a week later they love you you know so um, but the fans, the fans were excellent. The majority of the fans were, were superb from day one. They they obviously got behind us from from the first game of the season. Um, 
and to the last till, till Burton. I think it was Burton the last game of the season. So they they, they were superb. And for me, most of the majority of them were were um, supportive and and I can again I can't speak any any um, anything bad about. Obviously, in any, um, any any football club, you always get that uh, that section of, of negativity or the, the boo boys, as they call them, when uh, things aren't necessarily going as as well as they hope for the club. Um, how do you deal with that as a as a professional? And obviously, I assume it's something that you you just have to deal with because it's always going to be there. Yeah, at the end of the day, it comes down to we're doing what they'd love to be doing. So it's it's one of them where you take it with a pinch of salt. Look, I've had my criticism this this season purely because of the situation we've been putting in, and to an extent, uh, I understand the the fans because they want the best of the football club. Um, when we're losing on a weekly basis, five six nil, it, it, it's easy to criticise the goalkeeper, or the defenders, or 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 whatever they they, they were doing at the time. Um, but it's one of them where you you know you know the people that do it because. They'll criticise everyone. Do you know what I mean? They'll have they'll have probably one good player, and then they'll they'll be hammering everyone else. Um, but it is what it is. It's one of them where, like you say, you get you get them at every football club. Um, I'm sure I'll get criticism after this interview from half of them. But I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm big enough, strong enough to take it and, and realise what what they're, what they're trying to say. Sometimes criticism makes you a better player, though. Exactly. It's one of them where. Of course, you don't want it getting, um, say, I don't know how to put it, but you don't want it to go as in too far. Sort of like no. too far. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Like you don't want it to go too far, but you don't mind someone going right. You should have done this, or you should have done that better. When they start obviously getting personal and stuff like that, that's when it goes a little bit. Hold on a minute, like. But they're always the ones that uh, we you call them keyboard warriors. They probably don't even go to the games. They probably haven't even got a profile picture or or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's one of them. You take with a pinch of salt. You learn from it. And 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 some some criticism is I take on board and and I'll go and work on it or, or I'll try and improve on it. And and I think I have done that this season. Obviously, now um, <clears throat> as it stands, your contract at Wonders has expired. Um, of course, the club have just welcomed Ian Everett as the new boss. Um, is a new deal likely? Have you had the opportunity yet to sit down with Ian or anyone from the club? Because for me, you, I've always thought you could, you know, you could, you can fit into that kind of sweeper keeper role as they call it, which would seem to fit into Ian Everett's style of play. Would that be something that excite you if the opportunity was there? Yeah, look, obviously it's something that I'll I'll leave to my agent. Um, he'll give me the the lowdown of it all, and, and if anything's moving forward, um, if I stay, then. I'll support the manager in the way he wants to play and to be honest that's the sort of way I want to play um, uh, it's been tough to be able to do that this season regarding obviously the change of personnel most games and stuff like that but again even the, the previous manager he, he wanted to go down that line but like I said with all the personnel changes injuries young lads it, it was tough to do that um, and obviously with not being able to have a pre-season and putting his actual stamp on it it wasn't. It wasn't easy. So, no. Look, obviously, I've I've, I've heard of some of the recent interviews from the, the new manager, and, and again, he's speaking highly, and, uh, and and it's all positive. So, like I said, whatever way it goes, if I stay, if I go, I wish the club all the best, the manager and the players. And I think everybody um, at the club and connected to the club would definitely wish you um, well in your future if you did 
you know, if 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 it wasn't to be, and you did ride off into the sunset and go to another club. But uh, personally, I uh, I'd love to see you stay at Wanderers. Thank you, appreciate that. Oh, no worries, no worries. You know, you help keep me, keep me up on football manager, so there you go. <laughs> it always comes back to football manager, doesn't it, Jimmy? It does, it does. <laughs> that's that's funny, you, you've obviously played in the different leagues, in League 1, League 2, and obviously the Championship. What do you find the difference between the different leagues? Yeah, um, I played obviously in, in Scotland, I played League yeah. 1 and the Champ, so I would say... When you go towards the champ, the top end, it changes. Obviously, when you're playing the likes of, I don't know, say Aston Villa or Norwich last season or something like that, it, it changes the personnel. People people are getting paid 40, 50, 60 grand a week. You know, they're getting paid 10, 15 million pounds to come sign up, sign on, and that. So, um, but I wouldn't say it's a, a million miles away. Obviously, your League One, your League Two. Uh, can be pretty similar but again even in League 1 you get big teams Bolton, Sunderland um, Portsmouth to an extent teams like that do you know what I mean um, so I wouldn't say there's a massive difference but the higher up you go of course understandably it, it gets it gets harder Here at Bolton FM we try to follow and to talk to as many of the grassroots clubs in the area as we can and uh, so we were just wondering, what advice would you give to any budding goalkeepers out there? Any kids in Bolton that are running around with Matthews on the back of the shirt? What's your advice to them? Best bit of advice I'd always give anyone is why you can, um, especially when you're young, because you've got no commitments, no stress. You got you haven't got ten thousand people screaming screaming at you. Um, sorry, can you still hear me? Yeah, we can still eat that. It's all right. I'd say enjoy it. I'd say take every moment as it comes. Um, and being such a young player, work as hard as you can. And don't give up, you know. It's one where you. I'm not going to sit here and say you're not going to get knockbacks, you're not going to get negative comments, you're not going to make mistakes because you are. You, you, you're only human. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone gets knockbacks. So it's definitely one to go. Don't give up. Do if you want to become a professional footballer, keep working hard, put get your head down, stay sensible, um, stay off the the bad stuff, and 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 try and be as straight as possible. Um, just to wrap up, Remy, um, what have been your your best and your worst memories of uh, your time so far at Bolton? Um, I would say my best moment would be obviously making my championship debut against Derby when we won 1-0 um, and even this season oh, yeah, it's going to be times. special isn't it yeah. yeah it was massive for me obviously it took clean a few sheet years. as well clean sheet against the big club it, it was massive for me um, so that would probably be my best moment um, and potentially this season obviously when we got the win at Bristol Rovers was a was a good feeling because it was such a relief for everyone um but my worst moment, I think, would be. I think I could probably it's no, guess. It's a, yeah, it's a no-brainer, really. You know, I don't yeah, know. Well, we I don't want to remind anyone, but but look, we we can all look. This is one we can all look back and we we can laugh about it now. You know, it, yeah. weren't, it weren't laughable at the time. It was no. it was a moment of madness, and, and what, it's what, one of them where what you, went through your head when that happened, though. When you, you, you know, know what you were mate, about every, to kick it, and you didn't realise it was behind you. What? what, what? Everyone <laughs> said you looked, and the thing is, I did look. But you know, when you are zoned into the game and you've got fans sitting in the stadium and you've got like, it, it, I just I just didn't see him. I didn't yeah. see him, and obviously, as I put the ball down. Uh, because there was a, a fair few fans, I didn't hear anyone say anything. All of a sudden, in my blind spot, there he comes, and it's like, yeah. 
it's one of them hands in your head and you just can't do anything about it. And again, that's what I'm saying. You've yeah. just got to move on from it. You're going to get knocked back. You're going to get negative comments. People will remember that for the rest of their lives. But at the end of the day, I think we then played, I can't remember who it was, Swansea or whoever it was, and, and I then got man of the match. So yeah, you then, you do you know what I mean? It's the reaction. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is, it's reaction, mate. I could have, it's, it's a bit like this this season. A lot of people were saying like, oh, how did you manage to like, get through all what you've got through when you're losing every game and it was one where well yeah after I lost 5-0 it was like wow but at the end of the day I could have easily like threw the towel and said look I don't know I'm injured or I don't want to play or blah 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 but it's one of them it's you're only you're only sort of kidding yourself or you're only harming yourself at the end of the day like it's I want to play as many league games as possible no matter how well I play or who I play for it's it's about playing as many league games as possible and, and trying to do as well as possible um and that's my main aim. So, of course, I come here under Ben at the time and, and managed to get in the team and, and managed to sort of keep my place since now, really. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose, thing. you know, Shea Given did it and um, Gary Sprake for it in his own net and Peter Enkelman, Peter Enkelman twice. So, you well, know, look, these things been, happen. There's been, plenty, there's been plenty of people. Um, I've seen recently there's been a few a few people not so much do that, but I don't know, say Cruyff turns or whatever, or through the legs, something like that. And people, keepers make mistakes, and that's the problem being a keeper is you've got to be ready for conceding a goal and getting criticism if you make a mistake. If you're a defender, a striker, a midfielder, you make a mistake, you've got people to, to get you out of it. Um, and un- unfortunately for me at the time, there wasn't anyone quick enough to be able to get me out of it. So it was, um, yeah, it was one I, I, I learned from and touch wood, I'd never do it again. But yeah, again, and, and like you say, you acted the right way. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one thing for me is I'll always say to try and react in the best manner and, and, and learn from your mistakes and, and and move on from it. One thing Fantastic. I wanted to obviously talk about, Remy, is, you know, I've seen your videos on, the, on your Twitter page of your amazing saves. What's it like when it's dying embers of the game, you, you're winning by one goal and you pull off an incredible stop? What emotions do you feel? Yeah, it's a great feeling, you know. It's one of them, I don't know, you'd probably say maybe... Uh, for instance Sunderland away or, or even Sunderland at home when we was winning 1-0 we conceded late on but it was still a great feeling because we got a point against a big club um, so it's it's definitely a, a great feeling um, but it's there's nothing worse than having such a good game and potentially either like I say at Sunderland conceding a late goal or making a mistake and, and then everyone forgets about all the good stuff you've done you know and, and that's that's another thing with goalkeeping you, you can have the best game ever you can make Ten saves, but concede five goals, and and people just see the goals you've conceded. Um, but no, it's obviously it's obviously one of the best feelings as being a goalkeeper is making that match win too. What Remy was saying then about um, no one remembers him for the saves, but there was a game where he conceded five and still managed to get in the FL team of the week. So yeah, so that was Norwich as well. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes there is there is games where, like you said, where you you are still noticed even though you conceded five. Yeah, it, exactly. all it shows, a lot lot worse yeah. than what it was. So there, there, there was one the, this season. In the ground. I think I can't remember who it was, but at the time we, um, I think we, I think we might have lost two one or whatever it was, and and I think through the game I come for a cross and then I side kicked one out and it went straight through to the keeper. Then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh blah blah blah. And then I remember getting a little bit of criticism on Twitter after because of it. And then the next day, I then get put in the team of the week. So I then obviously retweeted that and it was like, oh, do you know what I mean? They forget about all the good things, but because I, I had, I don't know, a bad kick or uh, I'd, I'd come for a cross and punched it or missed it. Or, do you know what I mean? It's one of them, but look, I'm not I'm not one that sort of gets all, all 
all um, worried up in that. I'll have a bit of banter on Twitter, and and I don't mind it. It's it's what it is. Did you always want to be a keeper then? Obviously, growing up, is that something you obviously? I don't think anyone starts as being a goalkeeper. That's always the last position they want to be. Um, I, 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 I got, stu- I got just field, stuck you know? in there, me. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's normally the fat kid that gets put in goal, isn't it? So, that was uh, me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was one where I started as an outfield player. Um, was was okay, um, and then I think because of my, my my height at the time, the keeper got injured, so I got put in goal, and then yeah, ever since I, I never looked back. Went on a goalkeeping course at the, when I was young. I think I was about eight nine done well got scouted for Norwich and then joined there when I was 10 and obviously left there when I was 25 so yeah I've seen it all to be honest mm. and as you've said you've been in a range of different clubs you know even the Scottish league uh, what was it like though? Um, you know what a lot of people talk talk down about the Scottish league but I enjoyed my time there again when you play the, the, the teams like Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Aberdeen Hibs it's an unbelievable experience you play Celtic or you say Rangers play at the Ibrox under 50,000 people mate it's an unbelievable experience and we had that first game of the season when um, if you remember Rangers got promoted back to the Premiership after all the, all the troubles they had um, so they obviously had a massive uproar before the game fireworks and, and it was unbelievable I think there's 52,000 people and we ended up getting a, a 1-1 uh, result there and actually that's weird because Ali Crawford scored um, which is which is uh which is scary, really, thinking that he's at the same team as me now. So, um, yeah, it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. It, uh, like I said, again, potentially if it, if if it did come up in my career and and it was the right club, I'd I'd hundred percent go back there. And what's what's the future for Remy Matthews? Then are you going to get into coaching or? Yeah, that would be my trip? plan. Obviously, um, I try and stay football based again whether it's media whether it's goalkeeping coaching whether it's just helping young kids out um, and that's what I enjoy you know obviously people have probably seen through through the time I've been at the, the place I like to get involved with the community and I like to try and help the youngsters and, and sort of give them something to smile about to, uh, um, so yeah definitely it'd be trying to stay in the football environment but again I don't know I might become a, <laughs> a taxi driver or something like that you don't know do you, do you know what I mean it's one of them yeah. Um, so yeah, who, who knows what the future holds.